0: Hi there, and thanks for joining us. Well, my mum always told me growing up that necessity was the mother of invention. And boy, is there a lot of necessity out there now as a result of the COVID-19 crisis. So as we begin to look beyond the first phase of what we've just been through, we speak to three different businesses who are doing very unusual and creative things to keep money coming through the door. I'm Jonathan Healy, and this is red business. The Red Business podcast with Jonathan Healy and McCarthy Insurance Group, putting business in Cork first. mig.ie. Jack Crotty is the co-founder of rocketman and neighborfood.ie and uh, that's his new venture. Jack, how are you?
1: I'm great, Jonathan. How are you?
0: I'm not too bad at all. Getting there. Um look, we're talking about necessity being the mother of invention this week. Everyone would be familiar with the Rocket Rocketman. We've spoken to you on the podcast before, uh, but you had a premises that people had to come into. And sometimes they even sat down inside the premises. So you had to kind of reinvent things pretty quickly for your own business, didn't you?
1: Absolutely. I and mean, we're not fully there yet. Rocketman is a tiny little place. So we haven't been able to open up and allow people in, but we're figuring out different ways to get food out to people. For
0: sure. what, what's it been like, Jack, for you?
1: Um, Well, I mean, obviously it's really tricky in the beginning because stopping something that just rolls on each week, you kind of don't even realise what you need to do. So there's a lot in it. But then um, luckily having neighbour food for us as a producer, but for also all other producers, it was a it was a very clean way to just keep going, you know, to keep selling your food.
0: So what is neighbour food? and, and, And what gave you the, I suppose, the impetus to set it up when everything else around you was turning to mush?
1: Well, actually, well, first of all, Neighbour Food is an online software where producers can join, set up a profile and then sell directly to customers. So um, each location, each Neighbour Food location is managed by a host, by one person who gathers all the producers together, creates an accumulative shop of everybody's stuff and then manages a weekly collection. And that's okay so how neighborhood works.
0: So what you do is you pick bits and pieces from different suppliers that you like the look of. Uh, somebody else aggregates all of that for you and you do one pickup.
1: Yeah, so you you are shopping online in a one complete experience as a customer and each of your individual orders are being sent off to the different producers. They're getting their lists, they're dropping off to the collection point about an hour before you arrive and then you're collecting your full shopping in one go which consists of maybe up to 30 different businesses or so.
0: Okay, so it's, it's a big business list then. I mean, what kind of products are we talking about? Is it everything from a needle to an anchor? Well, I'm
1: really glad to say that actually the most basic of ingredients are the biggest sellers. So veg is our biggest thing by a long shot. So local growers or specialty organic kind of retailers are selling a lot of vegetables. After that, then you've got locally sourced different reared meats, dairy, Uh, eggs bread these kind of things are the main sellers but i mean it's it's anything and everything we've got fresh cut flowers we've got logs and timber you know so it it varies depending on what's available locally
0: okay and did this exist pre-covid 19 or was this an idea knocking around someone's head at least
1: no we've been doing this for two years now so we would have launched in ireland with this in 2018 So we had a long time to flesh out all the different problems and the different types of things. And we were operating in about six locations in Ireland when COVID-19 happened. Um, So we had a good reach to start with. uh, And we've just been working as fast as possible to get as many new locations up and as many new producers selling through the, the platform.
0: So, in other words, what you had done is you had created a platform that, that was almost ideal for this type of scenario, but you hadn't envisaged this type of scenario. So, <laughs> exactly. h- what what potential does this have, Jack? How, how big could it get?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, right now, our hope is that we can just try and get as many small producers, uh, you know, selling through it and, and generating revenue that they might have missed out on. Our kind of target seller often was uh, small producers with farms or or small kitchens who are either selling at farmers markets or delivering to restaurants or both. That would be our prime seller. So overnight, those people lost 100% of their income. So I suppose what we're trying to do is open as many locations, keep an eye on it. We open one, it kind of reaches capacity and they have to close it early. So we try and open another one close to that area. And just to try and get as many different producers selling to as many customers as possible, basically.
0: Uh, you, you touched on farmers markets. I mean, they were very, very busy. They were almost a kind of a micro economy of their own. And as you said, like the pub trade, all of a sudden they no longer existed. So I mean, th- there would have probably been a lot of stuff that could have gone to waste and a lot of businesses that wouldn't have an outlet if it wasn't for neighbourfood.ie.
1: Yeah well we 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 hope that we have rescued a lot of that waste inevitably there has been waste anyway but the type of producers that we're trying to focus with and get going are are the ones who they can't just press stop you know if you've if you've planted polytunnels of food you can't just wait for this to be over you need to get that stuff moving and if you rear pigs for example if you keep free range pigs and you make sausages and different things like this those pigs still need to be fed you can't just stop and take your you know, amount that the government is willing to give people to just hold off and and wait, they have to keep feeding. So in that case, that's who we're trying to kind of work with and who we're trying to to prioritise and get them going.
0: Now I'm guessing that there's probably a little bit of a premium on each of those products because if we go to the farmers' market, you're not, you're not going to come away with a huge amount of change. Let's put it that way. Is the price um, after going up as a result of this project, or is it still the kind of prices you would have expected to pay at the market?
1: Well, the prices are certainly not going up on neighbor food right now. In fact, a lot of people are probably offering some deals or different, better prices or innovative products that people might not have sold before, but are realizing that are, are selling much better now. And. Um, i can't speak for every producer in terms of price some some producers might see that because there's a commission charge that they need to add it on but i think the majority of our producers are aware that the commission charge of neighbor food which is um seven percent for neighbor food ten percent for the host and three percent for to actually pay for the transaction fees with the bank so that accumulatively is 20 percent. that 20 percent means they don't need to go and set up a stall They don't need to receive orders from the restaurant. They don't need to be calling in. Everything is automatic and payments are done instantly. So there's no chasing for invoices from particular restaurants or anything like that. So most of our producers, I think, would see that that percentage is is covering a saving for them that is quite
0: significant. Um, and and just to finish up your own business, uh, the other business, Rocket Man, uh, you do a mean sausage roll. Uh, if you don't mind me telling you, um, h- how quickly do you think you're going to get back up and running?
1: Well, we have a plan now. For a while, we we found it hard to even think what the plan would be. So we just tried to watch the situation. We got our kitchen back up and running and started supplying neighbour foods. And the I mean the plan now is that we are going to try and move our menu online, so there'll be no more queuing inside the shop, everybody will have to uh, pre-order online or even come up outside and there'll be a sign outside showing how you can very quickly order online. And then we're just safely passing, passing your lunch to you through a, through a screen, you know.
0: OK, so in other words, you, you're, you're going to reopen, but not as you were.
1: No, very much so. Not, not at all. We can't. I mean, even from a, OK, customer distancing point of view is important, but also our staff need to distance. And We're in a very small little building there, so we're going to have to reduce it right back down to say how many people can we safely put in here that is, that is okay, and how can we operate it in a way that's sustainable, and then we'll see how much of a menu we can put together.
0: Jackie, are surprised? I mean, your your company would have been fairly innovative anyway, um, in the way that they approached food and and got a good reputation for that. Uh, and obviously, neighbour food when you set it up was a unique idea that probably people would have looked at and gone, "Well, he's mad." Anyway, I don't know why anyone would do that. Are you finding that necessity is bringing out the best in your business mind? Um,
1: I mean. It has been a crazy seven or so weeks. I mean, I have been left with challenges I never really thought that we'd be dealing with and everybody who we're working with and everybody who's on my team is doing the best work they've ever done. I don't know how sustainable it's going to be for us all to continue being up until 2 a.m. fixing problems and sorting out these things. But for right now, I think that that there is a very positive, creative kind of movement happening. And, and ultimately, as much as we're not, a, we can't be a replacement for farmers markets, we never intended to be, we're meant to be an alternative to a shopping centre, to be honest. But we, we are seeing much more demand for locally produced foods. People are respecting now way more, and they're getting an opportunity to taste and to eat and to shop and to realise that the value is there you know people often say it's more expensive it's a premium product well that's not necessarily the case value is actually determined in many different ways so although a chicken might be 20 euros uh to buy it it might be two and a half or three times the size of a chicken that's seven euros in a supermarket so you have to look at it in that way and people are starting to see that value now and seeing how long these products last in their fridge you know salad leaves don't die in three days and turn to, to smelly mush you know, you can get a week and a half out of salad leaves if you buy them from a local farmer. So okay. well, I, and do you this. know what? Can,
0: can I actually tell you something? You're right, because I actually found that myself with, uh, with spinach that I bought. It was actually from uh, a place in Mallow. It turned out that it was from a place in Mallow. And guess what? It's in the fridge. It's lasting a hell of a lot longer than the rest of it. The, the pickup point uh, for neighbourfood.ie is the Apple Market, 13 Barrack Street, Cork. How can people uh, log on to the website? What is it?
1: Well, to log on to that location, it's neighborfood.ie forward slash Cork City. But we're also all over Ireland. So we're in Watergrass Hill, Kinsale, East Cork, West Cork, with multiple locations. We're up the country in Limerick. We're in Innescorthy, Mullingar, three in Dublin, uh, and many more opening as well. We're Carlo, Cavan. Callan, you know it's hard to keep track at this
0: stage. Exactly, and a long way from where you thought it was going to be at this time. But look, for Jack, sure. it sounds like uh, you're supporting a lot of families and a lot of businesses. So the best of luck to you Hopefully. and everyone involved in neighbour food. Uh, I look forward to getting the sausage roll when you're back up and running uh, in Rocket Man. But for now, Jack Crotty, thanks for joining.
1: Thanks, us. Jonathan, we'll see you then. Thank you.
0: Red business with McCarthy Insurance Group, putting business in Cork first. mig.ie. Up next, we've got Bronwyn Connolly, who is the owner of the Wild Design Collective. Bronwyn, how are you?
2: I'm very good, Jonathan. Thank you for having me.
0: Good to talk to you. Now, you have a design shop that's based where? Paul Street, isn't it?
2: Paul Street, yeah. We have two, actually. We have one in Killarney and one in Cork City Centre in Paul Street.
0: Well, given that this is a Cork podcast, we won't even mention the one in Kerry. We'll only focus on the one (laughs) that's important, which is Paul Street. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me a little bit about how long you've been trading there.
2: We have been trading two and a half years in Paul Street. Um, we've actually been there as a family for 26 years. My mum was there as the candle shop up until October 2017. And I took over from her then and pivoted the whole business into more Irish design products.
0: Now, Paul Street Shopping Centre is still open because Tesco is uh, trading away as a as a... F- food store which it needs to do I, I'm presuming your shop um, has, has had to shut its doors has it?
2: Unfortunately we're not in essential services um, no so we have had to close
0: Now necessity being the mother of invention is the theme of this particular podcast so you have, uh, you have stepped in uh, to try and keep things going what have you done?
2: I have indeed. I have installed a, a vending machine outside our store in Paul Street. So it is packed with uh, affordable Irish made gifts and Indian incense. Uh, everything is under 10 euro. It would be kind of everyday essentials that our main customers would have been buying off us all the time, you know, Jonathan. And a lot of them had actually phoned and saying, God, I'd love a little pack of tea lights or I'd love my incense. And I was posting them out. But to be honest, it wasn't really justifying it because the postage was expensive. I didn't want to be charging my regulars, you know, four euros for something that was three euros. And I thought, right, how am I going to get around this? Because obviously all my city centre regulars would be in Paul Street anyway because it was in there two kilometres and they'd be going for their shopping. So I came up with the uh, idea of putting in the vending machine. I rang a couple of people, they all thought I was mad and I got on to Tom there in Dublin Hill from Vend.ie and he was fantastic. He entertained me 100%.
0: (laughs) Okay, now we know Phil has a vending machine in Red FM and you you ring him and he'll he'll give you the opportunity to pick a prize and the prize comes out. And it's, it's like one of the things that you get Coke out of, a can of Coke or a can of Fanta. Is it that kind of vending machine? It's, it's the
2: very one, yes,
0: yeah. Right, okay. And, and obviously it's not something you thought that you would have used in your business. Um, does everything fit? Um,
2: (laughs) Not everything. We had to do a little uh, configuring. And in fairness, Tom was very patient. It took a couple of goes to figure out what was, you know, worked where and uh, did it actually work. And yeah, I mean, we got a good bit of stuff in there. So we we were delighted with it, you know, and our customers, Jonathan, are absolutely over the moon with it because it still means that they're supporting us. Uh, It still means that they're getting their little bit of, you know, Irish craft or incense or whatever it is they're looking for. And uh, yeah, it's kind of a win-win situation. It helps us pay the bills as well obviously Jonathan there's a lot of bills that still need to be paid even though we're not trading Um, so yeah there you have it
0: Look, I mean, it sounds like a very ingenious way of doing it. Uh, you know, when you were a kid and you'd really want the second Twix to come down out of the vending machine, is there any chance people are getting the second packet of tea lights by any chance?
2: It's happened once or twice, <laughs> Jonathan. But, you know, they've been very honest and they have contacted me and said, look, I got two, um, I got two uh, things of incense. But, you know, that happens. Technology doesn't always work 100%.
0: So how much are these things going to cost? How much would the tea lights or the incense or whatever they are cost?
2: So, you've got from 250 right up to 10 euros, the most expensive thing in there. So, we've put in some soap, we've put in some um, badly made notebooks, they're made here in Cork. Uh, we have some Levato wax melts. Uh, We have our packets of tea lights and then we have greeting cards in there as well, because people are still gifting, Jonathan, you know, as well. They still want to give something nice and small to somebody for their birthday. So it's a good solution. And again, it's affordable, which is very important at the moment.
0: I'm guessing a lot of the stuff that you sell is is about people's well-being and, and being comfortable. Like you mentioned, tea lights are the idea you have a little bit of incense burning. Even if they didn't have them or they couldn't get access to them, that probably would add add a lot of stress to their day. So you, you are, I know you're not officially classed as an essential service, but to those customers who use those things to try and keep sane in these difficult times, presumably you are.
2: Oh absolutely you know absolutely and I mean there's an awful lot of people who would be you know very spiritual in different ways that would like light tea lights every single day Jonathan you know and I actually had a beautiful man up in, in the north side um, Joe he's 89 and he phoned me uh, during Easter and he really wanted his tea lights but obviously he can't get out you know so I bought them up to him but he was delighted with himself and for him they, you know they're an essential part of his day likewise but a lot of people with the incense they do need it it's a nice little pick me up and feel good factor so it's nice to
0: be able to provide that for them. Um, Look Bronwyn, you're hoping to get back into the Cork store and God help you at the Kerry store at some stage soon. Um, Are you planning now on how that's going to work or or have you given that much thought to it at the moment?
2: Yeah, I've given it a lot of thought, um, Jonathan, because I suppose the retail atmosphere and environment is going to change an awful lot. Um, our store would be very, very small. So it's trying to think of, OK, if, obviously social distancing measures would be in a place for a long time. So it's trying to, to think of how we can pivot the business a little bit uh, around that um, the customers are going to change. We're obviously not going to have tourism, so again, trying to think of offerings that would suit our local um, customers as well. So yeah, there's there's a lot of thought um, gone into how we're going to move forward for the next six months. And I suppose retail our online then is taking a, a centre stage for a lot of businesses. So a lot of businesses who wouldn't have been online are now online. So we're, our competition has obviously increased there. You mm-hmm. know, so you're thinking, okay, what do I need to be to be top of the of the search there for Irish gifting? You know. Well, I,
0: I'd imagine a lot of people could easily go to the likes of Amazon traditionally and get all the stuff that you're selling but I'm guessing Amazon is taking too long to deliver things right now and people I I genuinely think one of the advantages of this current crisis is that people are refinding Irish retailers uh, who are able to do the kind of thing that they'd forgotten they could do.
2: Yes, absolutely. There's been a huge shift, Jonathan. I think it's one of the good things about this crisis is that people are now looking, saying, OK, we need to be supporting the people local. Local people are making wonderful things. We need to be supporting the economy and our makers. And it's, it has done wonders, I think, and it will continue. I mean, when people get to come back out, they'll really want to be able to support their local people. You know, nobody wants to see shops closing down, Jonathan.
0: Uh, Bramon, you sound quite optimistic despite it all. Are, are you optimistic?
2: I am very optimistic, to be honest with you, Jonathan. Uh, A lot of the makers that I I did markets myself for years in recessionary times and a lot of the makers that I would support all started their business during the last recession. Uh, I think it gives people a time to look creatively and think creatively and think, right, what do I actually want to do with my life and my time And I think, yeah, I think there could be some really good things. I think we'll have a very tough six months once we come out the other side of it. I think there'll be a big shift towards Irish and supporting local.
0: Well, we hope there certainly is. Well, good luck with the vending machine anyway. You better mention the website as well because people will be able to find you there. What is the website uh, for Wild Design Collective?
2: So we're just wilddesign.ie and we're also on Instagram and Facebook and that's Wild Design Ireland.
0: Okay, well Bronwyn, we wish you and the machine the very best over the course of the next <laughs> few weeks. Bronwyn Connolly of the Wild Design Collective, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Thank you very much for having me, Jonathan. The Red Business Podcast with Jonathan Healy and McCarthy Insurance Group. Putting business in Cork first. mig.ie.
0: Now, my next guest is somebody who has come up with an idea, along with a few other friends of his, about a central location for businesses to sell their gift cards. Ross Hill, how are you?
3: I'm great, Jonathan. Thanks for having me on.
0: Good to talk to you. Now, you're a software engineer by profession, are you?
3: I am. I am. It's what I love to do and what I do for work. (laughs)
0: Okay, so how did you come up with this idea for fundourfaves.ie?
3: um yeah i suppose it, it kind of came it came over time really um it actually all started weirdly uh i was listening to red fm one day and neil Prendeville mentioned something about like buying gift cards for businesses and i was like oh that's actually a you know a pretty good idea obviously i thought it was a good idea um and then i kind of had spoken to mark and Lorcan, and uh, the other two i'm working on with on the website and we kind of spoke a lot about how like you know how important like the people's role in the community is for like during these tough times and supporting local businesses and stuff. And we kind of just like all thought about how we could make something or like try to help out. And I suppose we just came up, came up with this idea. Um, And yeah, you know, we're lucky enough that we have the skills and like, I suppose, the interest to help out with this kind of thing. And yeah, it kind of just went from there. Uh, We just had the idea. Uh, We started building a website out of it and we're just continuously trying to build to it.
0: Okay, well, well Neil Prendeville will never uh, stop talking about it if he is solely <laughs> responsible for this initiative. But the the idea that, that you guys just came together to support these other businesses, I mean, what's in it for you? Or is it just because you genuinely want to help?
3: I think one thing to highlight really is, like, we're talking about, like, the community, you know, everyone else having a responsibility in the community. And we, we have a responsibility too. But we also have like, and I love for our local, like, cafes, restaurants and everything, and, like, when this kind of thing happens, you know, everyone tries to think about, like, how they can help. Like, we have all the, um like, doctors, nurses and stuff who are, like, on the front lines and stuff, but often software engineers, you know, we don't really get to just be on a front line, so we have to try to think of some alternative um, to help out, and this was kind of, like, the way to do it, and it's honestly just a nice way to help out, Um, and, like, as I said, we have our favourite cafes and stuff, and... You know, like, if we can help places stay afloat and, you know, make sure they open their doors and stuff just when this is all over, like, that's just... That's exactly why we're, what we're out to do. Okay. Um, and, you know, that's why we want to do it, really. You,
0: you mentioned Mark and uh, Lorcan. So that's Mark Breen and Lorcan Wiseman. Are you three buddies then, are you?
3: That's it. Yeah, we are, actually. So we've um, we've known each other probably for about 10 years now. Uh, so I went to the school with Lorcan and I rode with Mark. Uh, so we've just been friends for a while. And we've always... We actually like have always tried to like build little things. Um, we have never like built something, I suppose, that has actually like, you know, been useful, <laughs> been useful in like the public eye like this, but uh, we've all kind of like worked together and this was a good chance to kind of like once again pull our resources, okay. but pull it in a way that's. Helps out a bit more. Just in case
0: any of your employers are listening, you always produce useful things. This is just something you're producing <laughs> externally uh, to your externally, normal work. Yeah, a very, it. very yeah. important word there. <laughs> um, look, so, so The businesses that you're supporting so far, who has signed up for this?
3: Uh, we have a few that have signed up. And there's actually, so this is like, we work kind of like two ways on this. We have businesses that sign up and we have businesses that just sell gift cards anyway that we've come across so that people have... T- people have like suggested to us because like at the end of the day, we're just linking to other businesses and their websites so that where they sell their gift cards. Um, but some of the big ones that have signed up with us, we have Tabletop um, uh, Cafe in Cork, in Cork, which is uh, just a very, very fun spot, if you're ever if you're ever free. Um, but we also have Feed Your Senses and Duke's Coffee as well, uh, which is a good big favorite of mine. So there are just three that have signed up with us or with some of the three. Uh, we have some other just them. Um, other cafes, we have some bars like Electric Bar and stuff is there as well. So there's, I think there's twenty six or twenty five at the moment we've got, uh, and we're we're trying to reach out and try to get more people to sign up uh, by letting them know about it. But you know, we're also getting suggestions from people um, on our website as well of who to contact and everything like that as well. So hopefully, we're continuously going to add to it. But I suppose hopefully people just I suppose hear about it more and mm. want to sign up with us too.
0: And I suppose the most important thing is that you're getting income to businesses that currently have none so you you are asking for a little bit of a leap of faith that people spend their money now in anticipation of a good dinner or a very enjoyable sandwich at a later point (laughs) is is there is there much buy-in i mean you've obviously got the companies on board but how about the general public have you seen a lot of support coming through
3: um i think we we have seen a lot of like like we've like countless people have kind of like said to us, Oh, this is you know, a really good idea. Like this, it's really nice. You're doing this kind of thing. Uh, so we've seen that, um, in terms of like clicks through. So like, as I said, we like, just redirect to, um, to the cafes and like the shops websites. So we don't actually have like a number of how many vouchers have been bought. And uh, we're hoping to do a bit of outreach and try to like figure out exactly how many people have bought um, gift cards through our website, but we've seen a pretty high amount of clicks. Um, so we've had probably upwards of 500 clicks if that's just people going through finding a link on our website and clicking through to the to the business um, so there is a pretty good uh, pretty good response rate so far um, and i know i've spoken to people who are just really eager to buy website or gift cards through it um, and some of them are kind of like looking for some of their other favorite businesses to buy gift cards for as well so i think like i suppose the more we add to it and hopefully more people hear about it like more pe- businesses get involved therefore more people buy gift cards off it you know? well,
0: well the web- the website which is very important is fundourfaves.ie uh, Ross Hill along with your friends Mark Breen and Lorcan Wiseman you're, you're some of life's good eggs um, I have to say <laughs> given your motivation for doing this Ross we wish you and the lads the best of luck fundourfaves.ie thank you so much for what you're doing and thanks for joining us on Red Business
3: good thanks so much for having me on
0: my thanks to all of our guests. I do commend them on their spirit and wish them the very best in all of their endeavours. Don't forget, you can download all the episodes of Red Business from redextra.ie. Myra Hayes-Goff is the producer, and we will catch you on the next one. Red Business with McCarthy Insurance Group, putting business
2: in Cork first. M-I-G. I-E.